The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I have Lynn Delgadio. And we are going to be talking everything about neuroscience of healing transformation. So what is all of that? Well, we're going to get into it. Please stick around to the end. Um, uh, Lynn's got something really cool that she wants to share with you. And I want to make sure that you guys get get some of this stuff. Um, we were introduced through our mutual friend, Jill Ann Schneider, who is also like a health, she's a health coach and a medium, actually. Um, thanks for being on the show today, Lynn. Yeah, thank you for having me so much, Tim. It's good to be here. Yeah, so any referral from Jill, I uh, was really excited to meet you, and then we talked a couple times, and now here we are on the show. It's like, I can't wait to share your story with everybody. So um, let's just get into it. Like, you had, um, uh, you know, you were living standard American lifestyle, standard American diet. You were kind of a big-time athlete. You are running like, this guy's like running 3 million miles every morning, and then she's bicycling to the moon and back. Um totally into fitness and then something happened. So why don't you just tell us about where you, where you were, what was going on. And then when this traumatic uh, accident happened. Yeah. It was only 2 million miles, by the way. Oh, okay. I was running Sorry. Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was that proverbial rat on the corporate wheel. Right. And I always kind of thought I was living a healthy life. You know, I, I thought I was eating healthy, but I really, truly, if I, I was ever honest with myself, I could have done a lot better. Um, and yeah, I was running 70, 80 miles a week. And when I wasn't running, I was cycling 350 miles a week. I did the Pacific coast on my bike years ago. I mean, that was a blast. Um, you went all the way up the Pacific coast and back on your bike or just one way? No, just one way. How long, how far is that? I, I well, I only did, uh, I only did a thousand miles. So I did, I oh, had only, 10 days. Okay. So I did a century a day and took some unexpected turns, maybe couple of days that I did more than I should have, but cause I went inland when I thought it was, I, you know, I wasn't following the map right way or construction threw me off, but you know, they had, um, hiker and biker camps that you stayed at. I mean, I, I was talking to myself. I mean, it was just me. What were you doing? Yeah. Were you, did you have, were you pulling a little trailer or did you have a backpack on? How I had you? my panniers. So those things you know, on the those, side. Yeah. Okay. What are those called? Panniers. 10 years. You, so you travel really light. And then I had a couple of friends along the way and, but you know, they had these hiker biker camps too, and just, just find them. And there was a, there was a great book. I don't know if they still update it, but they updated it every year back in the day, Virginia, I can't remember her name, um, how to cycle the Pacific coast. And they just did that. They updated it every year for like road closures or construction. Um, it was a great resource. And yeah. <laughs> That's a niche book. Yeah. Very much so. So I was just so totally, and I taught kids yoga. I, you know, did weights. I mean, you name it. I was in, if it was, had anything to do with athleticism, I think my VO2 max was like, I was in the top 2% percentile. but um, so, and then, you know, working a corporate job too. And uh, in 2014, I think it was 
the first weekend that I had nothing to do and I don't know how many years, right? And so it was July 3rd, it was a Thursday and I just finished like an eight mile run. And I'm like, well, I don't feel like I've done enough, right? For most people that's like enough. Yeah. So, so I thought, you know, I want to go do some weights. And I went to the little um, gym at the community where I live. And I, I went, went to the lat pull down machine and um, you know, the one where you sit down, there's like a pulley system and a metal bar overhead, and then you load the weight. And I had 80 pounds loaded, and I'm one of the pull downs. I don't remember which ones, but I'm one of the pull downs. That entire system snapped, and that metal bar came crashing into my head with the force of 80 pounds. So, up until last year, mm-hmm. my neck was still almost five degrees off. Um, so, yeah, so rotated and twisted my axis. I obviously had the brain injury. And then because of the seated position, if you can imagine your, your kinetic, your, your, um, you know, structural, your spinal cord, sorry, that impact just like did a number on my spinal cord and it created a, a wicked hyper shifting in my low back. It was and almost like a giant hitting a hammer on the top of a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, a, I mean, it's think a about that for those of you guys listening, like, I want to make sure you guys understand, like. If you don't know what she's talking about, she's these uh, machines and they got this, it's like a pull-up bar, but it's attached to a cable that goes down and there's a stack of weights and she had 80 pounds on there and she was trying to pull this down, which is like a lat pull behind her neck. The cable snaps and the metal bar with 80 pounds of force gives her a blunt trauma in the back of the head. So it's basically like somebody came up behind you and hit you with a, a metal club. Yes. That's exactly what it was. So, I mean, this isn't like some little incident. It was a and it, it threw it like snapped and crushed things and tilted your head off to the side. It was not not good at all. It was not a traumatic brain a, injury. It's a big traumatic brain injury here. It was totally. And then and then that hyper shifting in the low back um, created the formation of a cyst on my spinal cord, and that had all sorts of pain implications. Mm. And um, I mean, the, and I didn't know what it was, but I was I would start to get. Um, and, you know, the neck injury had like my, my arms and hands and it stopped working on it without notice. Like once I was able to drive to my own appointments, I might be driving and then I can't move my, so I'd have to drive like with my forearms on the steering wheel because my hands just stopped working. Like my, well, what, what was, was that like for you emotionally with, from being from a woman that's like super go, go, go. It's almost like, you know, you were an Olympic level athlete while on the side. What was that like for you emotionally and mentally um, not being able to use your body like you were used to? Well, you know, at first it, I didn't, it didn't really matter. And people, and I was new here to Raleigh. I didn't know a soul. So try getting through that kind of an injury with, you know, by yourself, right? You learn to ask for help really fast. And I was never that kind of person. I always assumed People would call from, you know, two hours south after the bank was where I was working. I was working remotely and um, or my uh, friends in Connecticut would call and they would immediately go into this. Oh, my God, this is awful. What are you going to do? This is you'll never run again. Aren't you mad? And in, in my mind, I was like, well, why are you mad? This is my injury. Like, I'll get over it. But I had no idea, like the severity of the brain injury was keeping me from realizing the extent of everything else, right? Mm -hmm. They knew. Um, And so emotionally it was okay at first, but then when that electrocution like pain became an, and I, the the better 
this healed the more pain I was registering. And it's kind of sounds kind of counter, but the, my brain was doing its job. And so then I had like all sorts of pain on my right side and my low back. A lot that electrocution like pain got so bad that at one point I was only operating at about 5% capacity and I felt like an 88 year old. So, and that pain got How so old bad were you at the time when this was going on 49, 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, it was, so it became pretty unbearable and it was so disorienting at one time I, I was running a note sale at the bank and I told my staff, I'm like, you're going to hear me screaming and it's okay because when this pain hits, it's so, you know, when I say pain, I mean, on a level, like imagine the worst pain of your life, jack it up a thousand times. That's the kind of pain that I wouldn't think a human could endure for a minute, let alone 18 months. So something kept me going and I was enduring this pain. And then, so I was telling my staff, I'll be screaming because it hits, I shriek without any, it's just automatic, mm-hmm. fall to my knees, get up and catch my breath because it felt like I just ran 200 yards and settle down. And then it, <laughs> a few minutes later, ah! um, so how many I, times I, a day was this happening? Um, at first it was a couple time. I don't remember in the first several weeks, I just remember it now and then. So maybe once every other day or once a day. And then it was like, a few times a day. And then it was a few times an hour. Then it was every 20 seconds. So, and it landed me, finally landed me in the ER and they said, um, try this, um, try this pain medication, take one each dose twice a day, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And, um, that worked for about two weeks. And then they said, all right, you can up it to two safely. Okay. That worked for about two weeks. And they said, you can safely up it to three. You're still within the safe zone, right? That didn't work at all. And after like, not even, I don't even remember if it was a week or so of agony. Like I couldn't stand. I couldn't roll over in bed. I couldn't. One day I was in the shower at a hotel and, and I tilted my head for like a couple degrees and my whole body was like electrocuted. And it was so severe. So and end up in the ER, you know, on these meds are not working. And thank God I, I'm an overachiever, but there's one thing I really stuck at it's suicide. So thank God, because I called my friends one night. I said, I can't go on. I mean, this is no way to live. There's I'm, I was like a wounded animal waiting to die. Literally, literally. Mm-hmm. like, that's what I felt like just mm-hmm. some shrieking wounded animal. And, um, and the next morning I woke up because I was going to take these pills and, and find, you know, a bunch of wine or something and just like end it. <laughs> like watch Thelma, yeah. Thelma and Louise. Yeah. yeah. Found about three bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, bottle of pills. oh, really? God. But, that, but in that moment too, I, I went, wait a minute, this is not who I am. So I went and looked at the, the medication, the, you know, the indications and those side effects. And there it was you know, suicidal tendencies and actions and et cetera, ideations. I'm like, crap. I've said, you know what? My spirit did not give up on me. So I am not giving up. There's a reason that didn't work. And I'm going to beg and demand and implore and do whatever I have to do to find a doctor who will figure this out. And it's happening today. And I did. And I go to this doctor and he said, well, where's the MRI of your low back? I said, what do you mean? He said, I need the MRI. Didn't anyone do an MRI of your low back? I said, no. In 18 months, no one had taken that picture. They did discogram, myelogram, 
nerve conduction studies, all these complicated, but no one took that picture. And that's when he found the cyst in his, and, and um, he looked at the x-rays. He's like, this is some hyper shifting. I mean, you're, you're walking around in a precarious situation. If you get rear-ended, that could be really bad for you. So um, within two weeks, um, I was in the hospital for, you know, to get the fusion, get that, that um, cyst out of there. And yeah. So, so you, did, you, did, you, did a, you did a surgery. They, yeah. they did some fusion of your spinal cord and then yeah. they removed the cyst. And then, then you started recovering. And then how, how were you after that? Well, after that, I started to get this bizarre neck pain. And I went to a different um, surgeon, God knows why, but he wanted to do another fusion of my low back. And he's like, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you about your neck. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Cause it's not horrific pain. Like I was experiencing before. And in that moment I said, okay, you know, something about health because I had been studying on the side. I hadn't been certified yet, but I'm like, you're getting on a juice cleanse. You're going to start juicing every day, organic, non-GMO plant-based and meditating like crazy, which I had always had a practice of meditation, but I'm talking mm-hmm. like three, four hours a day. And within three days of meditating, a lot of my pain had gone. And within about six weeks, <clears throat> I felt so much better changing my diet. The doctor recommended I, this or you recommended no, it to yourself? I recommended it to myself. And this is, you know, this is part of my whole story. It's like that whole healing process where I, I, I learned to be with my intuition and get in touch with my intuition so strongly that that is what allowed me to heal because all I had in the beginning was that it was just me and my thoughts. I was not allowed any sound light, TV, music, phone, nothing. And so it was just me and my thoughts. And when I, I'll get to your, your question in a minute, when people will call and scream and yell, I literally felt my brain swell in my head and I would I get eye pain, what they call fanning and nausea and dizziness. And I was re-traumatizing myself because the stress of that was creating inflammation and immediately. And so I got immediate feedback and I kept listening and then shifting. If I had bad thoughts, I'd shift them. And then I realized I don't have to wait for that thought. I have control over what I want to think about. And then I was like, I can not only choose what I want to think about, I get to not only think about it, but I can add sensory in it. Um, but it was that listening and, and it kind of intuitively developing these strategies. And I've, I've killed myself through autoimmune before where uh, I went through thousands of dollars and many doctors. And I was like, oh, I'm going to try this functional medicine guy who I knew, knew a lot about nutrition. And we worked, you know, we got on an AIP protocol. And then when I was, and I cleared it up within three months, when I was in, um, I was around 18 or 19. And I had, they, at first they said I had pancreatic cancer, which I didn't. They told the wrong person the diagnosis. But um, I had idiopathic pancreatitis, no medical reason for it. And in and out of the hospital for, for a year or so. And they were finally, the doctor said, we're going to remove your gallbladder because we think it might help. And my intuition was screaming, change your diet. And I said, what about my diet? And he, he kind of scoffed at me, but he sent a dietitian in. And she said, we got a very strict three grams of fat, sugar, and salt a day. And that pain went away and it was completely manageable from that point forward. So we all have this wisdom. in So you didn't get your gallbladder removed? No. You kept your gallbladder. Good job. I kept my gallbladder intact. Yeah. It's no big deal. We'll just take it out. Why is it there in the first place? uh, Hello. (laughs) I know. It's so silly. 
And so I think we all have this power. We just become kind of disconnected um, from our bodies and ourselves. Um, but um, so silly. It's so it's so funny. It's like, hey, doc, what about my diet? We don't have time for that crap. Let's cut out your own gallbladder. <laughs> and in this whole healing, <laughs> it's so diet, silly. It again, is again. You know, the whole thing is so funny because, like, they take that. I, I I've said this before on the show. Doctors and, and and here's the deal is like I know that the doctors and the nurses that are going into that profession they want to help people. Yeah, it's not their fault. They're the good boys and girls in the equation. It's the system that's broken. It's how they're trained by big pharmaceutical companies that write their textbooks and and but it's funny because they they take the Hippocratic oath, I will do no harm, based on who Hippocrates supposedly the father of Western medicine. But they missed the point where he said, let thy food be thy medicine and thy yes. medicine be thy food. And this guy healed people with food and massage and touch and and um, and listening and showing them how to reduce stress. He never it, you know, surgery was as a last ditch deal. It's only for, you know, mechanical issues or for crisis. Yeah. So it's and silly because they, they just want to just, I, you know, let's just cut out your gallbladder. <laughs> and that was back in. Um, oh, my gosh. Around 83. Five, I guess, or 84, 83, somewhere in that time frame. So think about it, that was a long time ago. I mean, since then it's got even worse, you know, and, and the, I was seeing 30 specialists and they re- literally, I asked them, could you collaborate with this one? Can you guys get your heads together? No, we can't. And, but not one of them spoke to me about nutrition because like, as we were talking before the show, they don't learn much about it. They have maybe two weeks of that mm-hmm. on nutrition. Yeah. And it's probably one of the most important things. God, yeah, it's just so it's so it's I it just blow, it blows my mind. It just absolutely blows my mind. And and you know, it, with current events, I mean, with all this the media, all the stories, and we don't see anything about. Hey, guess what? If you boost your D, or if you take, you know, you can eat these foods, and it'll help improve your immune system. It's good news. You don't have to get sick, and mm-hmm. it's just yeah. It's crazy. Okay, so quick, we'll take a quick yeah. break, and then when we get back, um, I want to get into. Um, uh, these, the, you call them the six impact imperatives, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into that. We'll be right back. Humans only use 10% of the brain and that can't change no matter how much we try, but you don't need to limit your body to the same standards. Bring your cells to hundred percent with green 85 juice formula, replace 85% of nutrients. Your body needs to function to the next level. Our chemical free juice formula is 100% organic, contains no stimulants and is made right here in the USA. Visit chemicalfreebody.com and get green 85 shipped right to your door. Chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with Lynn Delgadio. She had a traumatic brain injury from working out. So be careful in the gym, right? <laughs> Make sure, t- test the cables. God, I've always thought, I mean, I've thought about that literally working out. Like we're like, God, what if that would snap or something? And like, it actually happened to you. Like, <laughs> well, and here's the reason I even know, like my, my doctor and you know, in my impact tests, they give you all these testing tests, they call them impact tests to test like your cognition and spatial awareness and reaction time and all these things. Mm-hmm. So I had like seven they did and, and I had 0% on all of them, but one, I think I had 5% cognition. It was mush, but um, 
But yeah, so my doctor said, I want you to go walk up when you get home, walk twice a day for 10 minutes. Now I was a fall risk, so I couldn't just go walk outside. Right. So she said, get on the treadmill and hold on, but do that that twice a day. Yeah. So I was like holding on and, and I was okay on that. Oh, you're just going real slow, real slow. Slow and with the feet wider apart, you know, wider stance. And um, so I was in there one day and in case anyone questioned, I had the piece of paper from my doctor. I don't know why I brought it in there with me, but a woman came in and she's got a little clipboard and she's looking at the equipment. And I stopped and I said, Hey, are you with the management? And she said, no, she keeps writing. I said, are you with insurance? No. And I just stared at her and she goes, no, I'm with fitness concepts or something like that. And I said, well, what are you doing? She said, I'm fixing the equipment. I said, well, what's wrong with it? And she goes, well, look, see this little piece here. There's supposed to be a spring that fits right in here. But if it's missing or it's broken, this whole thing can. So that's how I learned out what was wrong with the equipment. But even if you had gone, like Tim, if you had gone up to look at it, you wouldn't even have known that a spring was supposed to be in this little, like mm-hmm. a lay person wouldn't have known. I mean, that's what maintenance is for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that happened. So, um, yeah. so sure your story, your story is crazy. Like, um, the amount of pain that you went through and, um, you literally were just laying there for like three, four hours a day meditating. Right. So your story actually reminds me of, um, uh, uh Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza's he's a chiropractor, got a, a traumatic back broken or something like that. And then he, um, he couldn't do anything. He's laying there face down for four to six hours a day. So he started meditating. And um, I mean, you know the story, but I'll tell it for people listening. And, and you know, it might sound woo, but it's not like, so he literally sits there and rebuilt his spinal cord. Cause they said he would never walk again. He's like, screw that. I'm walking. Like literally he said, he can't walk. He's laying face down and for four to six hours a day. He would re reconstruct his spine in his mind. Like ethereal, etherically, right. He would reconstruct his spine and um, he kept doing it over and over and over and over again every day. And he said, finally, I got it so I could actually reconstruct my entire spine in my head um, in about 45 minutes. Right now, him being a chiropractor, he, you know, he'd been working with the spine. So he had lots of visuals. He had the, you know, he studied. So he was very easy. Not that you and I couldn't do it. We just have to start looking at pictures of spine and we could do it, too. But he had already had all that practice. So he's reconstructing his spine and then he walks again. He literally walks again. So yeah. like you now you're on this mission to help other people, which we're going to get to, but he did the same thing. So he starts helping people and he wanted to get to the science of it. So he started mapping this out and doing brain scans before the meditation process. And then after and looking and actually the neuro networks were actually being built and developed and manifested in the human body on a physical level, just through meditation. And this reminded me back. I remember hearing Tony Robbins say that the, there was this guy shooting free throws he did 500, you know, 503 free throws a day for five days. And there was somebody else who just sat there and visually shot 500 free throws, but they didn't actually touch the ball. And then they went and set them next to each other. And then they did the shoot off and guess who won? What well, was the person who never picked the ball up for five days? Cause they visualized, you know, getting set, taking the perfect shot, swish, taking the perfect shot, swish, visualizing, boom, 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 boom. And then I'm like, okay. But then Dr. Joe Dispenza took it a little farther. And then he actually did the brain mapping. So you could actually see the physical like neural connections in the brain. Um, like, and I think it was somebody like playing, playing piano. They were playing piano and they took some two people that never played piano 
And this is where it finally didn't, it wasn't woo woo to me because then I, I could visually see it. Two people that couldn't play the piano, then they gave one of them lessons and let them play. The other one, they could give them lessons and they played, but no piano. It was all in their mind. Right. And there was another one where they had people working out and then people like imagining they were working out and the people imagining they were working out like actually did grow muscle. Yeah. Like, okay. So this is a perfect example. So then they remapped the people with the brain, uh, their brains on the piano and the, the connections that were built with the person playing the piano were almost identical to the person who didn't play. And when they sat down and played, the person who didn't play was playing just as good as the one that had been practicing. Right. And then what you're saying is that it also built muscle. This is the power of the mind. This is the stuff. This is like the, the new frontier. This is the stuff I'm really excited about because old redneck Tim would have been like, ah, oh, it's all woo crap, but it's not because we can actually take a picture of your physical body. Now have people do this kind of stuff, meditate, rebuild the spine, shoot baskets, pretend they're working out and the freaking muscle grows. The neural connections grow and we take a snapshot again and you can look at the difference. Like you can actually manifest physical change in the body with the mind. This is not, and that's why I had you on today. It's like the neuroscience of healing and transformation. That's what we're talking about. So let's get into these six impact imperatives. Let's go through those. Yeah. So, and these, again, again, like this, and I had no idea who Dr. Joe was when this happened, but this is the beauty of tuning into our own spirit and our own intuition. So the first thing was, you know, awareness for me, that was number one. So when awareness, meaning two different things, I was aware that I was different than I used to be. And I didn't want to be that way. So I had to become aware of what my current, really truly what my current state was, but then what was it that I was, what was my end goal? What was that vision of what I wanted to get to? And it was kind of general at first, over time it became more specific, but just that whole person that I wanted to be. And I wasn't even going to say I want to be pain-free because I didn't even want to introduce that word into the equation. Um, But I had that vision, that awareness of current versus future state. And that I always kept in the back of my mind, but gaining awareness of remember, and I said like all that toxic, those toxic thoughts that came in from people screamed and yelled, or if I thought of the potential for bankruptcy because the medical bills were ridiculous and the lost wages ridiculous. It was yeah, you're not working and the bills are piling up and twenty thousand the first month. Tylenol in the hospital is like fifty five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And a Ridiculous. couple hospital visits. Yeah. I mean, and, and not to mention the co-pays when you're seeing 30 specialists and you've got all these appointments every week. And then by the time they let me go back to work, I had forgotten how to do my job. That was fun, <laughs> but I couldn't, I could only drive so many miles a day. So then I'd have to stay in hotels. Um, so all of these costs added in, Jeez. but, um, so, so sorry, um, number one was awareness, right? Awareness right. of current and future state, but also awareness of um, when my thoughts are derailing me and, and, you know, I mentioned earlier when poor quality thinking or something negative came into my field, I would feel my brain respond. Right. So, or maybe I felt it in my gut. So somatic responses, number one, and gaining awareness of that where something's you've got some faulty thinking going on. Number two is emotions. So if I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, I'm having a good day and all of a sudden I'm feeling fear or anxiety, what just went through my brain to make that? Because when we have a thought of any kind, there's that chemical response that produces the feeling and the corresponding emotion, right? So 
So that's number two. And then meditation, because when we're alone with our thoughts, you know, you become very aware of what's floating through your mind. So those are my three, two, three go-tos of gaining awareness of faulty thinking or just thinking at all. Um, so that became like the basis for everything. And then one day a friend said to me, oh my gosh, thank God you were doing the rear pull down and not the front because then you probably would have, you know, killed yourself or something. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, not really helpful conversation, but um, I'm going to sit in appreciation for that. And then I was like, well, what else am I appreciative for? Oh, I love my dog. I really appreciate that. And I had this great view where I lived and I was really appreciating that. I'm like, this, this feels really good to be in appreciation. And at the time, I didn't know why that was so powerful, but I ended up practicing that every single day, at least once I came up with this um, thing called alphabet stoop, where I would just like say, you know, hey, thanks universe. And thanks for taking care of me through this. And um, I thank you for appreciating me and bestowing the things on me and clarifying and developing. And I would go through the alphabet letter by letter with positive words of appreciation. Um, like a gratitude practice. Uh, yeah. And I had a bunch of different ones I did, but that, that became part of my routine every day. And then, you know, um, I realized that, um, well, commitment, that's a third one. So we've got awareness, appreciation, commitment, because I was, I knew that I had to commit to this. I had to commit to my health and it wasn't going to be, oh, I'm going to do this for a few days and I'm going to be different. Uh, 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 uh. I knew I was going to have to put in the work. So, um, then I started, so like three, oh, so then I had this intention of who I wanted to be in the future. And I, like I said, with my thinking, I was trying to, you know, have some sensing as well as thinking um, with those simple thoughts. So I tried to apply that to my vision of, you know, what does that not only look like, but can I imagine what I feel like to get like, especially in the lower dip, like if my mood was suffering, I'd need something to pull me out of it. And so I pretend that like I use my imagination a ton. Mm -hmm. What do I feel like when I'm there? Like, what does that even feel like? Can I pretend? Can I put myself in there for a minute? Because if I can meditate for three hours, I can do this, right? So that became like a ton of fun. And then ultimately, I when I was able to walk again for like, you know, I wasn't running, but I could walk, you know, several miles a day. And I would just find these things on the internet to listen to that, that would really keep me in that state of appreciation or heightened emotion and keep me in a positive frame of mind. Right. So, um, so I was doing that every day. So I was practicing and, and repeating but I, again, I didn't know that I was rewiring my brain. I had no idea. And then one day I'm driving down the road somewhere. This was like three years later. And I turn on the YouTube and I think it was the first time I even turned YouTube on. I think I was listening to different, I don't even know where I was getting my, but it doesn't matter. I turn on YouTube and there's this guy telling a story about what happened to him. It was Dr. Joe. First time I heard this guy and he was describing his accident and how he healed himself. And I was like, holy crap, that's what I did. Like he was telling my story, but I had no idea there was neuroscience behind it. All I knew was I'm doing what feels good, period. If that doesn't feel good, it's the wrong thing to do. If mm -hmm. that's creating stress, sure. it's not the right thing for me right now. Yeah. But this feels good. And I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then I would find, seek people out who would like reinforce where, you know, my goal and support. Like, so it was all that stuff, the learning, the repetition, the commitment, the appreciation, 
emotions, the awareness. It was all of that. So you just found all this stuff through instinct, which a lot of people are so detached from, they've had a hard time doing it. Um, what you just said, actually, it reminds me of uh, like one of our coaches, coach Rebecca Wolf. She, she, her motto is, is she goes, she goes, I have two things to do when I, every day, she goes, wake up and feel good. Yeah. That's it. That's the goal. And that's what we, that's like what we try to help people with. We just want you to wake up and feel good. So you just decided to wake up and feel good, no matter what your situation was. And even when you were down in the dumps, you meditated, you visualized, you thought positive, you were grateful, you, you did your appreciation. And so you, you first off, number one was you got awareness of how things really were, you know, you saw things how they were, but not worse than what they were. And then, and then you were very appreciative all the time. And you spent a lot of time being appreciative and thankful and grateful. And then, but you stuck with a commitment to heal and to get yeah. better. And those are the, those are the first three steps. So are those are the first three steps of the six impact imperatives. Awareness is always one, always mm -hmm. the first step for me in my, in my view, but you need them all. You need them all because you need the continual learning of things that are going to be supportive of your end goal, mm -hmm. but you need to repeat it. You need to practice it every day because nothing changes up here. And then, and I intuitively, and I don't know why I knew this, but I kind of intuitively knew early on that if I was going to heal my body, I had, this had to calm down because if this, if I could not get this to stay heal and calm, your brain has a lot to do with how your body's going to respond. You yeah. know, um, it's crazy to so, me. Well, it's not crazy, but like somebody would call you and yell or be stressful. You would literally feel the swelling and the inflammation start in your brain. So you just learned like, um, I have to hang up, you know, it's like, I, I can't yes. talk to you or I have to, and then I have to go because stress was literally physically manifesting inflammation. And we talk about it all the time. It's like, stress is such a big problem for people. It's Huge. one of the no CMs, the silent killers. Right. But, you know, and it's like almost every single person that I've talked to or interviewed, like almost every single one has found meditation. It's it's a it's it's the biggest it's a big part of the deal. It's a big it's a huge part. And a lot of people listening are maybe like like me and being like meditation. What's that? I don't know how to do it. Nobody does. Like, it's just like you're a little kid and there's somebody hands you a bicycle. You've never seen that sucker before. And you're going to get on it. You're going to fall down, scuff your knees. But if you stick with it and you have a commitment, and guess what? You'll be tootling around riding on that thing very easily. And then you'll graduate. You get a new bike and you'll be better. And then maybe you'll be doing like 3 million miles up and down the Pacific coast like Linden. But and, you know, and, it's, 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 it's just, um, it's a powerful tool. It's a really powerful tool and it reduces stress. And, and it gets you connected to your higher mind, God, he, sheer it. You know, I was thinking about that earlier when you mentioned uh, the word imagination. And what I learned is that imagination is the conduit from your higher mind to your physical mind, right? So, and what I mean by that higher mind, for those listening, that's, it, it's the vortex, it's higher mind, it's God, he, she, it, it's whatever you're, that's where all the all is the one, the one is the all. That's what I mean by the higher mind. We're all connected up and not up, but around in that space, like universal, the force. If you want to go to Star Wars, right? Whatever you want to call it. It's everywhere. It's the rock, the tree, the bush, right? Yeah. yeah and it's in here. Yeah, in your in heart. Yeah. In your heart and your soul. Yeah. So it's really cool stuff. Um, all right. So I just want to be clear here. So you said there's six impact imperatives. 
And I've got three things written down unless I'm wrong here. So awareness, appreciation, and commitment. Is there three more? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right, there's your aligned emotions. You want to like get those emotions that are aligned with your That's intention. Number four, aligned yeah. emotions. Okay. Yeah. Aligned or elevated, heightened, whatever. You want them to be they're positive and aligned with your intention. Um, learning, constant learning to, to to, uh, about things that are going to be supportive of whatever that end goal is. And it doesn't be, it doesn't have to be health and healing. It could be in your business. Um, and then the um, practice or repetition, which is really going to rewire the brain. Um, and, 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 you know, it's funny because I remember I walked into my, my boss actually called me one day and we were pre-merger. Everything was chaos and the morale was through the floor. And he said, you got to come over right now. We need a one-on-one. -on -one. I thought I was getting fired, you know, part of the merger. Right. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? He goes, I've been watching you and you're really happy. I'm like, yeah, I am. And he goes, but I mean, really happy and really, really productive. I'm like, and he goes, and, and really steady. I'm like, is there a problem with that? Like what? He goes, well, I don't, everything that's going on and all these decisions David's making. David was a CEO at the time. And I looked at him and go, well, my happiness isn't contingent upon the strategic business decisions that the CEO is going to make. And he just looked at me and went, huh. And I was like, wow, I think I've really got something here. Here's this guy saying, I want to know what you're doing. I want to do it too, mm -hmm. you know? And so those, those strategies that helped me heal actually made me just overall have a different life experience altogether, including I had the same crappy, I have the same crappy job and annoying coworkers, but like you're saying, it, it, it was just, it's like I took the love pill, right? And that things just pinged right off of me. The stress was so much down. And, and I mean, pre-COVID, you know, in 2019, 60 to 70% of people surveyed in that, I can't remember the name of the study, but um, United States of Stress Survey, um, reported um, being in a chronic st state of stress, 57 said they felt paralyzed by stress, nearly 60% pre-COVID. And, and, and also, you know, you mentioned human touch. That is so important for a nervous system. Oh, yeah. We're not getting it. I mean, just think about it. For those of you listening, it's like, you ever had a massage? How does that feel? Feels really good. <laughs> Feels good. I mean, you can go to the the colleges where they're training people and go up there and get a, you know, a discount massage from somebody learning. I, I don't care who it is. Somebody puts their hands on you and starts moving your muscles around. It feels good. Now, some of course are going to be way better and more effective than others, but just that human touch feels really, really, really good. Right. Yeah. Really I've got one tomorrow. Can't well, wait good for you. Good for you. And so important. In fact, just on a side note, I always tell people like massage isn't a luxury anymore. This is a necessity. Especially for people that are not moving their body. We have this thing called the lymphatic system. It has to be moved by movement and it's water. It works on water. This is your garbage removal system. So um, especially were, were they doing that in the hospital when you couldn't move? Did they have somebody massaging you every day? Was that part of the hospital's protocols to help no. move your lymphatic system? No, no, but, but I did. wasn't, I wasn't in the, I wasn't hospitalized. So, which I probably should have been. So it was July 3rd and I called because right away I knew I was in trouble when, when you feel like I saw a flash. I don't, I don't know if I was out for a minute or so, but mm -hmm. I just was, I got up off the floor. I felt my head and it was like a cantaloupe, like within seconds, it must've been or a couple of minutes. I don't know. It was, wow. it was big. 
And I called my doctor and she said, are you vomiting? I said, no. She said, do you have the worst headache of your life? I said, no. She said, if either of those two ha- things happen, get yourself in an ambulance because we're shutting down in an hour. And we won't, we won't be open because July 4th, we won't be open until Saturday morning. So I guess I monitored myself and I had, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I got someone to bring me there Saturday morning, but I don't have a lot of recollection of, yeah. So, but mm. I know enough though. I mean, I, I, I've known enough. I've had massages my whole life. I've had mm-hmm. chiropractic my whole life, especially being a runner. I knew the importance of stretching, chiropractic, massage, changing, having three pair of shoes at all times, um, you know. Cool. Awesome. Well, let's do this. Let's take another break. When we get back, I want to um, uh, hear some of the stories of maybe some of the people that you've coached, um, how you've used the neuroscience of healing and transformation to help them. And we'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently We're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with Lynn Delgadio. Um, She's healed herself through instinct. Um, She's become a uh, integrative health coach, um, focusing on the neuroscience of healing and transformation. So your story is amazing. It's like, you're a miracle that you're here. Um, I mean, now you just told me like you had this traumatic brain injury and then you just stayed at home for 4th of July and like, and we're kind of monitoring yourself. That's crazy. I, you I know. probably went to the hospital, but I know. maybe it was a good thing that you didn't. Maybe they would have done something crazy and hurt you. You never know. So what's what's it been like since then? So you've you've transformed and then something happened. Like, how did you get out of the corporate job and start doing what you're doing now? So when I turned on the, the YouTube that day and I heard Dr. Joe's story for the first time and that there was actual science behind why what I did worked for me so profoundly and, and not only in healing my injury, but taking me to this place of bliss I've never experienced. Before. Mm. I mean, my and people who know me pre and post injury will say that was the best thing that ever happened to you because you're such a better person now. So it must have not been a lot of fun to be around, but it was so profound and transformative that when I heard there was, it was backed by science, I said, and that my boss wanted to know, I was like, wow, I think I've really gotten something. So I said, that's it. I've always wanted to be a coach. I've just never been able to get off the wheel, you know, the rat wheel and pull the trigger. So I, that was it. I said, I've got to write a book. I've got to become a coach. I've got to help people. And um, four days after I made the call, to become a coach is when I learned the bank was merging and I was going to lose my job. So I'm like, Oh, is that coincidence or congruence? Synchronicity. Yeah. That's awesome. So now you're a coach and you started doing that. Um, It's, it's, it's funny because it's, it's funny how life just presents that stuff. You heal yourself, you're feeling awesome. And somebody's like, Hey, I want what you got (laughs) and I'll pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because you spent a lot of money and a lot of time figuring that out. 
and, and you got yeah. very interested in it because you know you wanted to heal you wanted to have yeah. a, a high quality life again yeah. all right so um uh let's talk about that let's talk about uh why don't you give me some examples give us some examples of some people that you've you've worked with from not necessarily just traumatic brain injuries but you know whatever yeah can I just say, I just want to say one thing about appreciation Sure. because you were talking about woo woo before. And I, 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 I've, I have never understood why for the most part, I never went to victim mode because it's very easy to do. And it was only a couple of years ago. I had a conversation with this guy at Harvard medical, Dr. Gary Epler, and he's, he's got something called the Eplerian effect. They named it after him. And he said, you can only be in one region of the brain at a timeline. And if you're in your amygdala, you're in that fear, judgment, you know, um, self-criticism. You you cannot heal there. You cannot grow there. If you're in the posterior cingulate cortex, you cannot heal and grow. Right. But when you're in the places of appreciation, that's when that growth takes place. And because you made such a practice and you're committed to that, practicing that, that's why you healed so well. That's why you had such a profound experience and that's why you didn't go into that victim mode. So it's very powerful stuff and it's so easy for people to do now. Okay. So, but so it just makes, it just makes sense. Again, what you said earlier was like, yeah. people would bring stress to you yelling, whatever your body would respond. You would feel a stress response. I can't do that. So at the same time you started doing your appreciation practice. Um, and, and then what, what you did was you lowered your inflammation and you healed the body faster. Yeah. Like, so again, that's the critical thing. It's like, we, we know it's like stress and negativity and low frequency and all these vibes are going to create disease, manifest illness. And at the same time, you can go over here and do meditation, have a great, be grateful, right. have awareness, be appreciative. And you literally heal, heal, heal yourself. Your body and, and, responds that way. Yeah. And do a, di- a digital detox too. I would recommend because we're so over consuming too well, much. We'll, yeah, we'll get into we'll get that. To that. We'll get in a minute. So, I want to hear these stories. Yeah. So one girl, okay. So let me start with, okay. This person up in um, New York, she came to me and this happens a lot with coaching. You'll, know, you'll notice that when they fill out your, your self-discovery form or whatever you call it, um, I help, I want my clients to identify what their top one, two or three goals are. And this person's top goal was pain in her neck and shoulder. It was really debilitating. It was really causing her a lot of problems. So as we're talking, um, I asked her about her family and she just started to get really tense and she was crying. And then I noticed like she's doing a lot of this and she's rubbing her shoulder and her shoulder was up in her ears. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is a big, huge problem. So we had her calm down and we, we talked about that a little bit and it turned out that was her number one health issue was the, the, the severed relationship with her daughters, which are, we all, we hold so much of our tension on our neck and shoulders. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that for two years, <laughs> you're going to do something yeah. to your spine, right? So now she was to the point where she needed some serious um, work by professionals to you know, undo what she had created back here in her C-spine um, and a lot of turmeric, by the way, very good for her. But um, so, so that was when we put, implemented this and she, I am happy to report she has a wonderful relationship with both daughters because it, we have to do the work on ourselves, mm-hmm. right? We can't expect others to change for us, but sometimes when we change ourselves, others want to follow just like my boss 
right? And people don't like that word work, but I use that as an acronym for where our, our realities kindle. Because if you do do the work, there's no way a new reality will not ignite within you. And it's the most amazing feeling. Um, so that's one. Um, and where our realities kindle. I never heard that one before. Good job. It's fine. You know, you another never heard thing it. too is like you had this lady. Here's another example. Like she has a tremendous amount of physical manifesting pain. And where did it come from? Relationship stress. And, and the thoughts. story she was telling her about that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was telling herself such a bad story about that relationship and blaming herself and the thoughts that were going on and normalizing that pain. Like we're this is where no, and we'll get to this later. We're normalizing so much stress lately, and we're she became detached from her own body. She wasn't paying attention to those signals, right? Yeah, I actually had this happen to me one time when I was married. I was married for ten years to a really really cool gal, and um, you know we just kind of started drifting apart. This is before my spiritual practice. I didn't know any if I know any of this stuff, and um, I just felt it slipping away, and I started visualizing her with another guy over and over and over again. And then boom, it happened. You know, I, I, I literally manifested that shit. Wow. Right. So, I mean, yeah. you can create whatever you want, anything you create. It's like television programming. They call it programming for a reason. They're going to program you. So we get to program ourselves and we can yes. literally program our cells on a cellular level. We're yeah. cellular programming through thought and action. All right. And, you know, when you have those negative thoughts or those contract, when you've got negative thinking, your cells literally will contract. But mm -hmm. if you've got um, more expansive, uh, you know, like thoughts of love and those pure vibrations and frequencies, mm -hmm. um, your cells will expand and release photons that create light. So love literally is light. Yeah, that's really that's cool. Bruce, Bruce Lipton, I think, told me that. Or I like Bruce. If you talk to him, met him. Um, and we've emailed back and forth. I'm, I was trying to get him on um, a couple of summits of mine. Um, oh, actually, it wasn't him, but I do love you, Bruce. Um, that was Dr. Fred Allen Wolf, who's oh, okay. very, very cool. Yeah. Very I cool. met Bruce at a deal up here and got a book and he signed it. He's just a teddy bear. He's a super nice guy. Yeah, he's going to be at the Advanced um, Medicine Conference in Charlotte in mm. May. Yeah. Bruce, if you're listening to this episode, I want you to come on my show. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me up, buddy. It'd be a great one. You know, I love that stuff. I actually have his uh, CD in my car. I'm listening to it again right now. Yeah, he's Good great. Um, so okay, let me so about... we have some, yeah, another story here. Let's, let's get Yeah. Up. So then one girl came to me and she actually, she um, wanted me to help her with her tennis game. <laughs> and I said, eh, I don't know if I'm your, I mean, I'm not a sports psychologist, but then I realized, wait a minute, this helped me in all aspects of my life. So theoretically this should work let's mm -hmm. try it out right so she had she was not was is an amazing tennis player but she had not won a tiebreaker in almost six months and it was driving her nuts and so we were challenging some of these thoughts right and we were we were putting some of these other things in well, the whole framework into play but within four days she had won her first tiebreaker and then the next week i got another text saying she had won six more and she never looked back and she had something else that she was dealing with um, in her home situation. And she was kind of living 
conditionally. If only they would do this, if only they would do that, if only they would be better and eat better and do this and take better care of themselves because she's a coach too. And um, then she started saying, okay, forget that. I'm working on me. Yeah, and guess what? That person completely shifted. Get into like the organics, went to an integrative center, hmm. completely shifted because they were seeing the change in her. Again, yep. it all starts with us. It all starts with us. Um, and oh, and then, oh my gosh, one of my favorite. Ah, I love this. <laughs> I have so many faves. But uh, this woman came to me and she was very timid. And she she is of the age where like they're not used to Zoom meetings, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember our first meeting and and she's like, she's like, can you see me? Can you see me? Like, and then she started getting, I said, well, just do this. And she, she got really anxious and this is too hard. This is too hard. This, ah, I'm never going to do it. I said, it's just different. It's just different. She's like, oh yeah, it's just different. Okay. And then she calmed down and she figured it out. And then she, that was it. She, she learned zoom in that minute, but, um, she was very timid. She had had suffered an aneurysm years ago. Mm. That she wasn't supposed to survive. And then she had complications. That she, she wasn't. How old was she? Uh, I don't know. In her 60s. Yeah. Okay. So um, she came to me. She was, you know, kind of timid and slouched over and, and wasn't really, she was very confident. And, you know, and she had always wanted to write a book. And, but, you know, she, wasn't really sure if she could or if she should or if people would ever want to read it. And then by the end of the 12 weeks, she was sitting up like this. She was swearing. She had written her manifest. You know, she had like, she had gotten her book done. She was standing tall. Everything shifted. She's like, you saved my life. You changed my world. I'm like, no, you did. I can't do that. I can't do that for you. You did that on your own because she reconnected with her power. Mm -hmm. We, we've all, we all have power that we just, you know, it's, it's not a bad word. Well, that's some pretty cool stuff right there. Yeah. That's some pretty cool stuff. Um, I love, I love hearing those stories. Um, it's fun. It makes you want to keep doing more and more of it. Right. When yeah, people, I, I've got a letter over here that I just got from a client that was like, like tear jerking letter about how he said I changed his life. And he sent me like a $350 like present. It's like out of nowhere. Like, it's like, I'm like, wow. Like, I mean, talk about feeling grateful. I've got a stack of letters. Um, I keep them in my kitchen. I don't know why I keep them over there on my Island from people who read my book and they found me and they wrote me letters like five page letters. You know, you changed my life. You were telling my story. I never, I didn't know anyone else could understand what I'm going through. Amazing. Amazing. Let's let's talk about your book. So your book's called Altered on Impact um, from Trauma to Transformation. Yes. And um, And I just happened to have a copy. Yeah, I see that. I see (laughs) that. So where, um, um, what was I going to say? So what, why should somebody get that book? What are are people looking for when they get that book? So, it, it is just the story about my injury and then healing process through it. But it also has at the end of every chapter or probably most every chapter, if not every single one, mm-hmm. there's ac- practical, actionable, easy steps that people can take to enact their own mind redesign. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like my coaching program in a book. 
Okay. Kind so of. So it's the, it's the neuroscience of healing and transformation in a book. Yeah. And there's, and there's a, outline, I talk step a little bit. one, step two, step three. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I talk a little bit about quantum physics and, you know, Newtonian versus quantum viewed um, to help get people to start thinking about um, possibility thinking. Um, and I just, yeah. And there's, I've got like some really cool exercises, like the alphabet soup is in there. Mm-hmm. Um there's one I do it's return on energy, um, or not, I'm sorry, net operating energy. Cause the geek, uh, banker in me, um, looked, you know, like if you're looking at, um, like an investment property and you've got a negative income, right. You're not probably going to invest if that, if you're looking at the last three years, I got no return. Um, unless you're going to do a workout, but so, but we can take everything that we do to fuel us to, you know, to restore and, and enhance our energy in a given day, just take track of what those things are. I ate a really good meal. I hugged my spouse. I walked, you know, hung out with my dog that brought me joy. And then look at those things that drain, that deplete our energy. Those are the expenses. And then assign a value to each. And if you come out at the bottom with a negative number, you've got to look at those things and say, where do I have to adjust? So, um, but meditation exercises, exercise for appreciation, learning, all those things. Wow, that's really cool. So where can people uh, get a comp, uh, uh, get a copy of your book? Um, it's on Amazon. It's it's in a bunch of different places, but Amazon's probably the best best bet. Okay. Yep. And and how how do people um get a hold of get a hold of you, Lynn? Yeah, you just go to lindelgaudio.com. It's first and last name together.com. And um, there's even a link to buy my book there. Uh, you go there and, uh, you know, book a consult with me. Um, I'll give you a free half hour consult, which is like $175 worth of, of me. Nice. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, guys, go to um, if, if you're, you know, if you're wanting to do some neurotransformation, take it to another level. Um, I highly recommend booking a free consult with Lynn. And that's www.lynnlynn.com. D-E-L-G-A-U-D-I-O.com. I'll put it in the show notes down below. So whether you're an entrepreneur and you're feeling stuck or you're a busy professional that wants balance or more creative and fulfilling experience in your life, or you're an employer who wishes the same for your team, Lynn's got the tools for you to get you back on track and the strategies for lasting sustainable change. I highly recommend booking a free consult with her and checking it out. And Tim, one more thing, I do have a a group Mm -hmm. online program that's going to launch in about um, six weeks. I'm going to start marketing that next week. So if anyone's interested, please keep an eye out. It's called Unstuck and Mind Redesign, Getting Unstuck and Powered Up. Awesome. That sounds pretty cool. Well, hey, I I really appreciate you being on the show today, Lynn. Um, The six impact imperatives, I'm going to do a recap of this. Number one, guys, it's, it's awareness. You have to be aware of what's going on, looking at things um, not worse than they are, not better than they are, but just seeing them how they are. Number two, being appreciative, very powerful. You can reduce stress in your body and starting heal just through appreciate, being appreciative towards yourself and your life and the food you get to eat and the friends that you have and the air that you have to breathe and and you know the warm clothes on your back. And, and uh, number three, making a commitment to yourself to stick through until you get what you want and the life you want and the body you want. And if you want to heal, you can do it. You just have to be committed to it. And when you have that commitment where there's no other possibilities, the, the universe will realign itself for you. I promise you that. Number four, align your emotions. 
really, really powerful. Don't let them get out of control. Number five, constant learning. I totally believe in that. Um, unfortunately, the school systems teach us to hate learning. And then when we get done, we get out of it. But it's because you were learning things you didn't want to learn. When you get to learn things that you're excited about, you can't wait to learn them. Right? Exactly. That's, when, that's when education becomes fun. And that's where it's like where we need to be. Number six, practice and repetition over and over again. Mother repetition is the mother of skills. So six great um, uh, steps there to um, f- to lasting change. And again, I really recommend you guys getting her book, Altered on Impact from Trauma to Transformation. Lynn, thanks for being on. And thank you, um, health heroes around the world for tuning in. We really appreciate you uh, being the ripple effect, listening to these shows listen to people like Lynn's stories. Um, My goal always is that you get, if you just get one thing out of this uh, episode today that you can actually take action on, which would be step number six, practice and repetition, add it to your life until it becomes a habit, until it's like riding the bicycle, you don't have to think about it anymore. And then go to the next thing and add that to your life and keep stacking these cards in your deck of health and in your deck of life until your immune system's boosted up to to the upper regions and and you start healing and you have breakthroughs emotionally and spiritually and you start just uh, being a, a happier person. Not that you aren't already, but there's always another level we can take it to, right? So again, thank you for being the ripple effect and sharing this podcast with people around the world. I, I'm just so grateful um, for, for you listeners. And um, I just want to say thank you so much. Sometimes I don't know why people are listening, but we just keep doing it. Hopefully we're bringing some good content here. Um I know we are because we're getting a lot of uh, letters and stuff now and emails and stuff from you guys. So we really appreciate it. And until next time, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James.